Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they can actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Atlanta's SportsX. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen and wrestling fans. Welcome to the finishing move. It's Big John Radcliffe. You are tuned in to your weekly wrestling show that will give you all things wrestling, AEW, WWE, and so much more. But before we get started... He's back. And he's having... A lot of trouble with his headphones. I'm back, baby. Oh, oh yeah. It's been what? Four or five months. I'm pulling my Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. Coming back after a long <laughs> vacation. It has been a while since we have had you here. That's right. The voice that you hear. You haven't heard him in a while. It is the road dog, Adam Gillespie. Road dog, what's happening, man? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, glad to be back after a few months of working some football and some vacation. Uh, I know you guys have been holding it down, Colwell, and you've been doing a great job, so I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad to get back in the mix with both you guys. Now we got to pull a curtain back. Or one of you guys. If only he had some headphones that worked. <laughs> yes, I'm currently struggling with headphones. You guys know that we like to laugh a little bit. We have a little bit of fun. And Road Dog is struggling with headphones right now. That is so funny. But... Road Dog's back with us. Chris Colwell is out today. Uh, Colwell, we, you know we're always going to take care of things as this team. We're like the New Day. We're like the Freebirds. We're like the Blue World Order that we're going to be here, and we're going to be a part of it all. Road Dog's back, so we're going to catch up on a little bit of 2019 with him because one of the things that you know we always loved Road Dog for is he kept up with the ratings for us. But also, you know, look, if you guys don't know, if you don't follow Road Dog on Twitter, not only is he a UGA fan – but he is also a huge wrestling fan, and so we want to get some of his thoughts. So, Road Dog, as we now come into 2020, we've had a huge 2019, and I want to know from you, I mean, look, there's been a lot of changes that has take place, taken place over the course of 2019 in the world of wrestling. Was 2019 a good year for you in the world of pro wrestling? Uh, hands down, yes, it was a good year. The landscape of professional wrestling in America changed drastically with the addition of AEW, uh, other programs stepping up their game as far as MLW, the return of the NWA, which uh, tapes here in Atlanta. Uh, So, yes, overall, it was a big year. We saw the WWE even take big steps forward. We saw them really move forward with the women's movement, a women's triple threat main main evented WrestleMania. Uh, So if that's your cup of tea and you like that, you really saw them take strides in that arena as well. So, yes, this was a great year, in my opinion, for wrestling overall, the landscape of wrestling. I think um, moving forward into 2020, that will progress. Um, I'm going to give the uh, 2019 probably a a solid B. Uh, And you say, why do I call it a a great year but not give it an A? Is because I do believe that uh, (laughs) I don't want to put it all on the shoulders of WWE, but there were times where they could have had great moments throughout the year. Uh, but they didn't, and so that's why I scaled it down to a B. Maybe a B-plus would be more fair, but I believe that we are on the precipice of wrestling and being back uh, to what it can be now, or what I, it was in the 90s. I agree with you with that B, and the reason I can go with you on that B completely because one of the things that I that I think th- the WWE thought it would have been a hit for and actually to me has kind of been a borderline miss is there were points throughout the year, and I'm not putting it all on the shoulders like you, like you said, on just the WWE, but there were points throughout the year where the WWE, I get it's a business. I 100% understand that, but it seemed like the business became so much bigger than the product. And what I mean by that is, I'll go ahead and say it, you and I used to debate back and forth about it, and we probably will continue on. Those Saudi Arabia crown jewel matches where I get with – Whoever wanted it over there, the Sheik or the King or whoever wanted it over there, those create those bought that grade down a little bit. When you had, you know, let's just say it, we all debated about it. I don't, 
I haven't found a person who liked it yet. Goldberg versus The Undertaker. No, that was that is going to go down in history as one of the worst matches ever. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to put a whole year, though, on one match. No, no, but, I mean, when you think of matches like that, and then you got to – I'm critical of a, of a myriad of other things as well. I'm using that as the example. I'm not going to just pull the gray down on that. There are several moments that have been misses. But I say all of that to say also the steps that they've gone leaps and bounds, number one – having WWE now being on the Fox network, having now where you now have uh, NXT, where it's basically now another brand. It's now a part of the lexicon of the WWE. It's not so it's a little less of the developmental portion of it and now more of the lexicon of it. And now they're in there with the big boys. I mean, when they're mixing it up on the major pay-per-views like Survivor Series and what we hear where the Royal Rumble is going to be, where it's going to be all three uh, brands are going to be involved in the main Royal Rumble. Yes, they are on the same level for the most part, as far as that is concerned, um, with the both SmackDown and Raw. They are their own brand. And a part that's also going into it going forward for them that is that I feel like I, I'm giving them kudos for, where NXT will now be on the road. So I don't think they're going to have the schedule like that. Like the, I don't want to use the big rosters, but like Raw and SmackDown, for lack of a better term, I, if I use that, but like Raw and SmackDown, but they're going to be on the road as well. So now you get to see some of your NXT favorites without having to go down to Florida. But yeah, all in all, I think it was a B. And then on top of all of that, we get to add a component to it where we've gotten to add AEW. Now, I, I was thinking back as you know, we were getting ready for the show and, and I, I wanted to just take a trip down memory lane for a good laugh. Man, remember when we were trying to talk about AEW and we really had nothing we could talk about? All we had was like speculation. We didn't really know who anybody was. Yeah, de- we definitely. Were, it seemed like it was just yesterday when that was going on. Well, it was about, I think it was a year ago, I think today, honestly, that they held their kickoff party in um, in Jacksonville to really announce the launch of all this. So. So, yeah, I mean, this was about this time last year where we really learned what AEW was and is going to, was going to turn into. And AEW, I, I'm, I'm in on it. I'm sold on it. I've enjoyed everything that they've done so far. Have they had some misses? Yes. Am I chalking that up to growing pains? Completely. But I think they've had some portions of it that we've really enjoyed, that I've really looked forward to. I think I'm looking forward to the point where the transitions – start to settle down a little bit more by that. You can see that they're still trying to feel, the, feel their way through different portions of it, but and I'll be happy when that settles down a little bit more. But all in all, I've been excited by what they've done. I've been excited by the swerves, uh, and I'm looking forward to what that has to go with it. What about you for AEW? Because like I said, a year ago, here we were, only person we knew. We knew Cody. We knew the Young Bucks. We knew Chris Jericho, Omega. When it comes to AEW, if you want to uh, specify AEW, I'll give them a grade. I will say maybe an um, an A minus. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because, and maybe this was just something I projected onto them, and they didn't weren't able to live up to. Was I hoped for more big name uh, surprises, jumping ship from WWE to AEW, or at least big names that I recognized. Last night on the uh, on Dynamite, we had a guy named uh, Luther, uh, the Butcher or the Luther show up, and and I have no clue who that guy was. He apparently is very famous in the Japanese death matches. The butcher, and, yeah, the Butcher was that. He was a Butcher, yeah. So I so he's very famous, in, but I hoped for some more big names jumping that were recognizable at least stateside. Uh, I'm sure maybe he is very big in Japan and and, and that uh, world over there. Uh, but I I was a little disappointed in that, and I think they never and and this goes to that point, um, to, and I've heard that they just don't want to do this. Is the backstories of these people show up and they're not really that well known here in America? Well, let me know who that person is maybe before they show up. Have some promos, have some uh, vignettes. teasers, vignettes t- yeah. telling me who they are. And for some reason, AEW seems hesitant to do that. Uh, I do like their show. Their sh- I've seen one of their shows in person. I think this was while I was gone. I went to Charlotte, Correct. drove up there, and uh, I witnessed Dynamite in a couple um, uh, in person. It was a very fun, great experience. When AEW comes here next month, if you're a wrestling fan here in Atlanta, I highly suggest you get down to Allstate Arena, uh, State Farm, State Farm Arena. Arena, and watch a uh, AEW Dynamite because you will have a good time. Yeah. At- I don't think it's uh, been one of those things that in terms of, and I said this early on when they first started, I liked 
the wrestling go, 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 not as long of promos, but you got to add that little extra nuance to it to give us a little bit more. Because it helps build stories. It helps us to introduce the characters, like you said, too. Where, I mean, we came in with the handful that we knew. Jack Swagger, who's now Sammy Hagar or whatever his name is now. He, he's there. So we knew who he was. Uh, obviously, we saw Taz recently. This is 2020, but it wasn't 2019. But we saw Taz recently. Um, so it's been one of those things where we've gotten some names, but obviously we saw WWE, and I've been making fun of them lately. We've even seen Impact Wrestling, where they kind of buckled down to hang on to what they have, because I'm like you. I thought we'd see like a Brian Cage that would show up there. I thought we would see a John Morrison that would show up there. And I'm not, and I'm not rattling off, you know, what I would call, I guess you would call heavyweights from the WWE, but I think they're guys that when they came out, I would have thought by now you would have seen James Storm. I was about to say James Storm. You just stole that right off the tip of my tongue. And even Morrison, though, uh, I mean, he had a run in WWE. He's very well known around the uh, United States. uh, uh, He's an underground champion, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so he's known. uh, He would have been a a very bigger name, I think, locally here uh, than the gentleman that debuted last night, the Butcher or Luther or whatever uh, that guy's name was, is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I expected more of that. But then you saw WWE really proactively locking down some of their big t- uh, clients, long contracts well, into five-year contracts. deals. I mean, yeah. Kofi and the New Day announced they uh, recently signed. AJ Styles signed uh, about mid-year. They're really uh, protecting their guys in making sure that we don't get what happened back in the '90s, where the bunch one week. Uh, a guy is on uh, Raw or SmackDown, and the next week he's going to be on Dynamite. Yeah, it, it was kind of bizarre to see that. I mean, and even I even thought for at one point in time, remember, we had the rumors Dolph Ziggler would be leaving. He wanted out. We might see Dolph Ziggler. Remember, at one point in time, the revival was disgruntled. They were and wanting we to get thought out, they yeah. were they were going out. So I thought by now we would have seen more of that. And, you know, it's one of those things that obviously – I think maybe for me, that's one of the things I'm hoping for in 2020 is that we get those surprises, those shockers that show up. I think Arn Anderson, he was a mild shocker for me to see him when he came out with Cody Rhodes. And it's so close, I can't remember if that was twenty. Is that was 19. Or yeah, it was last week. Okay. But it was one of those things that it was kind of, all right, well, it's cool to see the Enforcer. It's cool to see AA. And I like the capacity and what it was. He's not coming out there to wrestle. As a coach, as a mentor, I like it. We've seen DDP, but also I do want to see that big name, whoever it may be. And I'm sorry, it's not a Sankara. That that's not the name. No, that, that's not the name anybody's <laughs> looking to jump shit. That's not the. Well, he's gone from WWE, yeah. but he's not the name that's really gonna get me going. Oh, that's or cool. even or even Luke Harper who left at the Correct. same time that Sankara. I mean, that would be a, a recognizable name, and maybe with the right push, he would be very successful in AEW. The push that a lot of people say he never got a fair shake of in WWE. Um, but right off the bat, no, that's not a big shocking guy that's gonna come into AEW and light the world on fire. No, I agree, and and that's who I'm intrigued to see who it will be. Now, would it matter to you whether it be legend or I'll use the phrase current superstar? So, for example, if it were Goldberg, if for some he odd reason— to do a one-off? Yes, came in, did a one-off. Would that give you a pop, or do, do you want it to be— I, I don't have to answer this because you know how I feel about the uh, older guys. <laughs> I would enjoy it. I would like it. It would not. Uh, I, but I think for long term, this is a, a company that started. They need to plan long term. Yeah. I mean, get one offs. Get a Goldberg. Get a Hogan who who is apparently getting ready for WrestleMania. <laughs> get a somebody with that name value that gets eyeballs on your product, even if it's just for that one night. And then try to find a way while you have those eyeballs on your product that one night. Turn them into, well, let me tune in next week to see what these other guys are doing. That's what I've always said you use these matches, these one-off matches for with these legends like Goldberg and the other Saudi Arabia matches with Michael's returns and, and so on and so off. Uh, but, no, I, I think for especially a startup, you're, you you got to think long-term because you're not uh, – so I would I would want to see a more active today superstar, bigger name jump ship. But I would enjoy a Goldberg or someone uh, coming back to make the one-off appearance. Let me throw a name out there for you and, and tell me your feelings on it. Rob Van Dam. Yeah, I mean, I would – isn't he actively at ROH? I think he's on ROH or MLW doing some stuff. 
uh, currently. But, yeah, I mean, that would be a name, a recognizable name for them that if he came in and did even just a one-off, I think people would tune in to see I what agree. RVD's got going still. Or, he, I mean, in that vein, if you want to go back to the 90s, a guy who we know is back wrestling, uh, but now I can't think of his name, but the uh, – from UFC, he came back in the, in the 90s. Ken Shamrock? Shamrock, Ken Shamrock. Yeah, I would tune in to see what he still has left. That'd actually be impressive because, remember, Ken Shamrock, he was a UFC champion, and this was when UFC I, – I, I, I hope I'm not being disrespectful to UFC fans out there – when it was not the juggernaut that it is now, it was still oh, no, a little, it was, yeah, it was little underground. more underground. Yeah. So it's now here he comes about where he's in where he came to WWE. It was him. It was Tank Abbott, Steve Blackman. There were a few that came over into that realm. It would be something. Also, another portion, and this goes into something else I wanted to ask you, and we'll separate them out. WWE, AEW. Uh, something else I think that I'd like to see from AEW is. I know it's a one-off thing. I know it's gimmicky, but I think it would be pretty cool. And I'm not saying they got to get in the ring, but I think you can add that celebrity value. And by that, I mean, you know, they're based out of, uh, obviously, they're affiliated with the cons, the Jacksonville Jaguars. If that means you go get Gardner Minshew, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, whatever that scenario may be, you see now because pro wrestling is crossing some lines. If you watch uh, pro basketball, the Milwaukee Bucks, part of their warm-up behind the scenes on their Instagram account is you have uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's, they refer to him as the Greek freak. Don't ask me how to spell that. <laughs> they refer to him as the Greek freak. What they do, they do wrestling moves behind the scenes, just jokingly. Oh, yeah, I've seen that on like Instagram and Twitter, yeah. yeah. So I think if you could get something like that, that'd be a nice one-off thing to add into the mix as well. But I want to know, and, uh, and we'll go through this a little bit, and just in terms of AEW, we've said some of it, but what are some other things that you would hope for from AEW in 2020? I would like to just, off of what we've already talked about, I think they need to grow those things. Uh, one thing I've heard them talk about is just even doing house shows outside of the one uh, live show that they do on Wednesday nights, uh, touring with some house shows, maybe get a little bit more out there. Um, I think they've got to be maybe a little bit more successful with their current house shows, I mean with their current live shows. When I, when I went to uh, Charlotte, one half of the auditorium was completely empty. And I don't know the hard side, the hard camera side. And but for those who aren't familiar, that just means the side where um, where the camera is, well, it's pointing towards, facing the towards the yeah, ring. Yeah. yeah. But the the side where the camera is, uh, the hard camera that sits in in, in place, uh, there was nobody in those sections. And I don't know if they just didn't sell those, or they sold so few, and they just incorporated everybody to one side so it looked fuller on TV. But I don't know how these house um, current shows are selling. We'll we'll get another look. Uh, in a couple weeks when they come here to Atlanta to see how that one sold out. It looked good in Memphis last night, at least the shots you could see on TV. Uh, but everything can be, you know, kind of touched up on TV with the camera angles you take. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, I just I, – I, more storylines. Let me learn who these characters are. Keep that character uh, development going for us who aren't familiar with all these people. Uh, maybe some of the guys and gals that have come over from Japan more so than others. Yeah, Lucia Soros. I mean, in Marco's stunt, I mean, it's. Uh, I guess it's a fun gimmick, uh, but it's just not. It's just not. That's not really. It's he belongs on two hundred five. Oh wow! Or maybe one hundred five oh, for goodness. his weight division. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do. You're no, you're right in character development, and you got to find ways, even in terms of just uh, helping helping the wrestlers, helping the superstars go a little bit more to do a little bit more to really catch your eye. Cause I mean, one of the internet sensations that I've seen out there, uh, orange Cassidy where, you know, basically those super kicks are deadly, man. Yeah. Th- those kicks. The crowd are loves them, man. The they crowd loves it when he gets in and he does his, you know, two or three things, the crowd eats it up. And, and I've heard other old school wrestling guys, Jim Cornette, uh, really hate on people like orange Cassidy and Marco stunt, uh, but, you know, if the crowd loves it, why not give them what they love? That's Bully what Ray, people want to tune in for. He was, uh, I don't know where they were at, but Bully Ray bought into it. He even went out there. there oh, was, I saw that, and he, he sold it. He sold, sold with it. it. Look, yeah. I loved it. It was great. Now, in terms of WWE, what do you want to see in 2020 for WWE? I mean, look, we know that when it, every time it comes to Atlanta thus far, we've been there. And one thing I want to ask you about, uh, I didn't get a chance to make it, but I want to talk about Starcade a little bit, too. But... What do you, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Right. But I want to know, in 2020, what are you Thanks looking for forward to? Thanks for making me bring those memories back up. I'm sorry. You need a hug? 
<laughs> what are you looking for in 2020 from the WWE? Just can, uh, can I can't even put it into words. I can't think of the word I want. But just storylines, again, storylines are what drive wrestling, in my opinion, what get me involved. But good storylines that make sense and are consistent. That's the word I'm looking for, consistent throughout the year. I don't need uh, a bunch of, of, of back and forth uh like last year, we had the the two brands. They were together, and then they were split again. And now that he's back on Fox, now keep those two brands split. Uh, let NXT do their thing, except for I guess the one or two pay per views where they all might fight each other. Uh, like all of the Survivor Series and even Royal Rumble coming up uh, later this month. But just keep it consistent and give me some good, interesting storylines. You're gonna, I guess, it looks like you're. I mean, you're still riding the Brock Lesnar, sh- uh, you know, flagship as your champion uh if that's the case and the championship is not going to be there consistently uh it is what it is the people who hate that need to get over it but when his music hit monday night and he came out i popped i enjoy it when he comes out even though it's once uh basically for the big pay-per-views so uh four times a year Uh, (laughs) but it's you know it is it is what it is the wwe just needs to get rid of vince mcmahon oh Whoa. Did I say that to start off the 2020? No. Hey, look. Coming out with a hot I, take? And look, I'm with you on that one, man. I, I'll go with you on that. In terms of just building the stories and building that, also know when a story needs to end. I think we talked about it a lot last year where we That's saw great one. Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. And it, it was just the back and forth went too long because I think we've even talked about, as me, you, Colwell, where we're individuals, we love wrestling. We grew up watching it, so we watched it so long where you knew at – a mania at a starcade at a Halloween Havoc, whatever it is, that story was set to kind of end there. Well, yeah, in our day, I mean, you only had the four pay per views a year for WWE back then, the big four. And, you know, storylines would build up to those pay per views and then they it would end, the they'd one. blow it off, and then a new storyline would start for those two guys most of the time. They're going, WWE took some of these storylines, Lana and Rusev, and this whole getting married gimmick, they took those way too long. I'm not saying I'm take too short of them, but know the point. I think they have enough t- talent back there in terms of Bruce, uh, Bruce Pritchard, Meltzer, some of the people that they have involved with it. I think they have people back there that they can that they can relate to a little bit better and just know, okay, we've seen this before. We've seen enough of this. Let's stop. Let's move on, and let's go to the next portion of it. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to take a break here for a second. We're going to come back, and we're going to move on to the next one because coming up, it's winter outside, but we're in the midst of another season, as well as WWE. They're getting ready to face another big challenger coming up, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, live from Cobb County on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 a.m. and 106.3 FM. This is Atlanta Sports X, live from Cobb County, and covering everything that you love about Atlanta. We start the day with home team in Hamilton at 9 a.m. as they bounce around the ATL with all the big local stories. Then at noon, it's the cheap seats with Tug Coward and Hudson Mason. And trust us, it takes an Atlanta radio veteran like Tug to keep that bulldog on the rails. And then at 3, it's the man, Mark Zinno, on A to Z. Zinno is closing out the afternoon with his take on the day's stories and opinions about sports that you probably won't agree with. Add in Chuck and Chernoff on Bugged Hour from 6 to 7 p.m. The Mounds of the South and the Finishing Move on Thursdays. And you've got a lineup unlike any other. This is Atlanta's Sports X. It's a new year and a new sport for you. Get ready, Atlanta. You have your very own Major League Rugby team kicking off February 9th at Lupo Family Field in Marietta. Get your season tickets and exclusive merch now and lock in for nine action-packed games. Get rowdy in our standing stadium. Bring the kids to the family zone or go big with seats in the all-inclusive President's Club. Head to RugbyATL.Rugby today. That's RugbyATL.Rugby. Need a distraction from the cold winter weather? How about blue skies, green grass, and Braves baseball? Single game tickets for the 2020 regular season are now on sale, meaning you can guarantee your seats for the most exciting matchups, like opening day against the Miami Marlins, an interleague series against the Boston Red Sox, and the 4th of July game against the Los Angeles Angels. Plus, the Braves have already announced the first three bobblehead giveaways for next season, starting with the Brian McCann bobblehead on April 6th. This is going to drop in. McCann's about to be a hero. Base hit and the Braves win it. And for the first time ever, the Braves are doing a two-part 
Art Bobblehead. The Braves Win Bobblehead set features Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. in their signature high-five celebration. Get the first one featuring Ozzy Albies on April 17th and the second one featuring Ronald Acuna Jr. on April 24th. Popped up, center field, Ronald Acuna drifts back, he's got it, and that delivers a win for the Braves. For more information and to purchase your tickets, head to Braves.com slash tickets. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling on the X. Welcome back to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County. Big John Radcliffe along with my tag team partner, the Adam, the Road Dog Gillespie. Road Dog, it's been a while. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? I'll catch up with me at uh, Road Dog 680 and on uh, Twitter. And you can currently see a photo of me on there with my broken headset uh, trying to make it through the first segment of the show. You made it, though. You were struggling there, though, for a while, man. That was actually pretty funny. You, you got can, through. You can actually also catch me at John Rad 450. Um, so, WWE, they're facing another big test this coming Monday. And what it is this coming Monday, if you're a football fan and Road Dog, I know that you are. It's the national championship game. Clemson taking on LSU. Do you think Raw is going to pull out some of the big guns? They're going to go all out to compete against the national championship game? Or are they not worried about it? They've always endured up against Monday Night Football, and it's no concern of theirs. I don't think they do anything special. I think they basically concede the night, at least in the the markets of the main teams or the close-by markets. I think the Southeast is going to be tuning into uh, the National Football League. I know I am going to be turning in, tuning into the football game. Uh, I will DVR Raw and watch it back. Uh, but the football game is something you have to watch live. Yeah, no, I agree. It's something that you're going to watch. It's something that you're going to tune into. Now, keep in mind, though, depending on, you know, the region, and I know Monday night football is not the marquee games anymore that they used to be once upon a time, but WWE has had to compete up against that for quite some time. And even now, a little bit further, once again, once again, talking regionally, you're competing up against basketball as well. And we've seen the landscape of basketball, which has changed tremendously in terms of where players have moved around and teams that have been more powerful and more successful than the other teams. I'm intrigued to see where I think the WWE, they're not going to go over the top. Do I think we're going to see uh, like a super SmackDown or anything of that nature or a super Raw show? No, but I do think we will probably see a Brock Lesnar sighting. We'll probably see some throwback sightings of some of superstars that we haven't seen in a while. Now, speaking of a throwback, I, I'm, I'm going to need you to bring up some old feelings, some old emotions, because we had a pay. Uh, I guess I'll call it not a pay-per-view, but for lack of a better term, a pay-per-view that came here to Atlanta Starcade, not WWE, not WCW Starcade, WWE no, not Starcade. Definitely not that one. I didn't get a chance to make it. You were there live at Starcade, and anybody who follows him on Twitter, you can know you know his feelings and his emotions on it. But let's share with our fans who might not have seen it. What was your thoughts just on Starcade? I will get to that in just a, uh, okay. just a moment. But I want to throw this out there because you brought it up, and I just was able to pull it up quickly. Okay. Last year, January seventh was the night of the national championship. Last year, the national championship uh, rating was a fourteen point six. Raw was a two point three. So people aren't tuning out of the national championship to go see what Raw did. So Alabama and Clemson, which one of which, which was one of the lower rated uh, national, national championship, championship games in a while, and I have a feeling that this one will be a higher rated game because I think there's a lot of intrigue to see uh, Burrow versus uh, Lawrence. Uh, at least you know you're the Heisman Trophy winner. I think uh, LSU has looked amazing. Uh, I mean, we're not going to get into a bunch of football here, but I just think. Um, I think Raw is going to take a hit Monday night and even showed last year that they, I mean, it is what it is. I think they know big matchups on Monday night football, a national championship. If a World Series is played on a Monday night, uh, I think they just know they just got to take take their lumps those nights. And talking about taking lumps, I took some lumps uh, up there in Gwinnett when I went to Starcade. It was not a good event. I did not enjoy it. Uh, my daughter, who went with me, she enjoyed it. So in turn, I had a good time because <laughs> she had a good time. That's about as good a thing as I can say about it. Uh, if you were watching it, there were a couple of dark matches before they went live on the network for the one hour that they showed on the network. And then it kicked off on the network. And the ver- if you remember, if you watched it on the network, the very first thing uh, w- uh, bombed. 
which was Ric Flair coming out. And it was because you couldn't hear Ric Flair in the arena. And the the people in the arena, we started chanting, turn your mic on. Uh, and that was bleeding through, I have no doubt, onto the uh, network. People weren't able to hear that because then they turned on his mic and even Kevin Owens addressed it. Gave, giving him his own mic uh, so that people could hear what Ric Flair had to say as he was going through this heartfelt thing about his feelings for Starcade and what that used to mean uh, for him back in the WCW days. So, and then the matches were just not that great. We it ended off the air. You know, we had the the hour, some dark matches, and we had the hour that was on the network, and then we had some post network dark matches. And the big uh, match that everybody I felt was everybody was looking forward to was Braun Strowman and the Fiend in a cage. Uh, it comes out, I know as soon as it comes out, the guy next to me is like, if this is under the red light, I'm going to be pissed. And it was under the red light, even in the house show. So he wasn't happy. And then it just kind of ended out of nowhere. Uh, you know, wrestling in person, I enjoy it. I'm a fan. But there's something you miss when you're in person in the studio because you're not getting the narrative told to you by what's really going on uh, by the announcers because you can't hear what Correct. they're saying on TV. So you miss out on a little bit because you are you don't hear what's going on. Maybe there's some backstory. Maybe there's something happening in the backstage. Maybe something happened in the back before they came out. Maybe there's something going on in, down in the ring that you just can't see from your vantage point. So you miss out on a little bit. Uh, but overall, it's uh, it's been a long, hard fall from what Starcade used to be for WCW when it was their basically their WrestleMania, in my opinion, was Starcade, their big one. And now it's just an hour on the special house show that has uh, resurfaced for the last three years. I think it was in Cincinnati. It was here. It was in Charlotte uh, over the last three years. Uh, and you had a very interesting point. I had thought this myself uh, that night on the drive home. Uh, maybe this was done on purpose? Yeah, I said to you when we were talking about it off air, um, look, if one thing we know about Vince McMahon, Vince likes to punish you. And I don't mean that in terms of, you know, obviously we know the tradition when you're leaving. It's kind of the handoff. It's kind of the goodbye, whatever the case may be, passing of the torch. But Vince likes to punish you. And for you and I, we grew up, you know, Starcade. We grew up uh, Thunder. We grew up Nitro. We grew up with these things from the WCW era of it. And I lived in the North as well. So one portion of it that I'll say is the difference is, you know, when I moved to the South, it was Ric Flair. It was WCW. When I was in the North, it was WW, then WWF. Hulk Hogan. And was this Vince McMahon's way of, I want to kill whatever's left of your memory, whatever's left of your love, your nostalgia of the WCW, and I'm going to ruin Starcade. I don't want it to be spectacular. I don't. And what better place than to do it than the former owner of the WCW, Ted Turner, do it in his hometown. Yeah, and they did it in Charlotte where the NWA really originated yes. it for the first year and they the brought old territory it back. Days. But this is not I mean it's 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 like Elsa says, let it go, Vince. Let it's it go. it's been twenty let years. You won. You won twenty years ago. And you and there was you're talking about like stomping it out. I mean, he's going overkill here because He's the one that chose to bring it back. This man to, put to on, stomp on it. He put on a do rag and gave himself the ECW championship and walked around like he was a black man carrying the WCW championship and then walked up to Booker T and used the word and said, What's up? No, he said it to John Cena, excuse me, and Booker T, now that I'm thinking about it, and said, What's up? Word that we can't use on air and that you as a white man should never use. I mean, this guy really wanted to destroy his business. I don't know who held the grudge, and maybe you'll help me remember because I can't remember. Who held the grudge? Was it him or was it San Martino? Because I know that it was Triple H that had to reach out to Bruno San Martino. I think so San get- Martino was kind of the one that held the grudge there, although I'm sure you know grudges can go both ways very easily. But uh, Bruno was the one that used to go around and, and really uh, badmouth and say, I don't want anything to do with do, them. Do we remember the Montreal screw job? Yeah, it's funny because I was listening to uh, the JR podcast on the way down here today, and they were talking about the return of um, Bret Hart when he finally came back to Monday Night yeah. Raw uh, after all those years after the screw job and after WCW had. Um, and, and Conrad, his co host on there, asked a very good question. If you remember that night, um, you know, Hart debut comes out. Uh, he kind of talks to the crowd. He says, I'm glad to be back. This is something that really needed to be done, blah, blah, blah. Shawn Michaels comes out. Uh, they kind of mend their fence yeah. uh, in front of everybody. And at the end of the Raw that night, 
uh, McMahon comes out, and they seem to have men there, fans. But then, of course, Vince turns on him, setting up the fight they had at WrestleMania. And what Conrad asked Jr. was, "Who do you think needed those? You know, to get that weight off their shoulders the most? Was it um, Hart, Michaels, or Vince?" And in my mind, I thought maybe it would be Vince because Vince was really the one that put that screw job into action. I mean, now, then Shawn Michaels acted it out in the ring, but it really was Vince McMahon's, you know, he had the green light. His brainchild. But he said in his thought, JR said he thought it was uh, Brett, then Shawn, and then Vince last. And that kind of shocked me. And it just, but it made me think back to why I even told this story was, Maybe Vince does have a, a just that cold, I want to beat you down hard, and it doesn't feel bad about some of the stuff he does. You know, um, the show preceding us, you can hear it uh, Monday through Friday uh, from 3 to 6, A to Z with Mark Zeno. I work on that show with Mark Zeno, and we have a phrase. It's called bleep you money. And when you have bleep you money, you can tell people bleep you. So if you had bleep you money, you could walk into our boss's office and say, boss, bleep you. But we don't have bleep you money, and we no, need we our don't. jobs. Vince McMahon has bleep you money where he can say, bleep you, and he can hold that grudge for an extended period of time because at some point in time, I think the way he looks at it is, I think you look at Sting. Well, and, and that's not to say that he sabotaged Sting by no stretch of the word, but you look at Sting, where Sting said he would never come to WWE. I think Vince believes in his heart of hearts, and once upon a time it was 100% true, you'll need me before I need you. I'm going to do to you whatever I want to do to you. And you look at I I, uh, I don't know if you and I are you me and Cole or you and I had this discussion. I look at Drew uh, Drew McIntyre, where some of the issues that he's had, where there are people who one hundred percent Drew McIntyre should have had more and more pushes than what he has. He was supposed to be the next big thing of WWE. He runs into issues, leaves WWE, he comes back. Vince says, "I'll take you back, but I'm not about to make you a bigger star than what you are. I'm going to control what you do for as far as you do." Versus on the flip side of that coin. I look at AJ Styles. AJ Styles is a brand all himself. If Vince says, AJ, you're done, he packs up, goes to AEW. He, he's as big there he's as he just was as here. big there. Yeah. And it's certain people that I think he controls that with. And I say that story, and I say all of that to say, when I look at Starcade, it's just that. I need to crush what's left of your love of this because I still hate this company. And I know it's been 25 years. It's absurd to you and I, but... Rich people hold really weird grudges. It, it is, I mean, he's got that bleep you money, and it's not so much that he has to hold the grudge. I think he just looks at it, the screw job in Montreal, uh, what he did to WCW. That was just business. It wasn't personal. No. So there was probably maybe not even a grudge there so much. It was just that was business. That's what I had to do to put money, to put food on my, my family's table because that's my business. But I think also from the business standpoint of it, let me – let me make an example of this new upstart that's coming along, AEW. Let me remind you what I did to billionaire Ted. They remember the gimmicks that they used to do back in the day? Let me the remind you room, what I did to Nacho billionaire Man. Ted. I mean, and, it, and don't forget, I mean, AEW announced that they were going to go to Wednesdays and then NXT, uh, NXT yes. and then WWE announced that NXT was going to come off the network and go to USA on Wednesday nights in the same Exact same time so slot. I think he wants to show that. I mean, that's another reason why I think he he's still in gorilla position, waiting at certain events the way he wants to because Vince wants things the way that he wants things, and there ain't a whole lot you can do or say about it yet, and you kind of have to deal with it. Well, it's been a while since you've been here, Road Dog, and I hope you remember how to go uh, through the ropes because we're about to go through the ropes. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> So we're going to talk some of the things that are going on in the rumor mill and outside of the world of pro wrestling. And the first thing that we're going to come up to is there's rumors out there that a WWE Hall of Famer, he's got a new big contract, and part of his contract could consist of stepping back into the squared circle. And who I'm talking about is Edge. Now, we know that Edge had to retire unceremoniously because he got a neck injury, but we get a legend, I guess we could call him back. And now we always talk about legends you know, obviously being way beyond their time, but Edge kind of had to let it go, I think, before his time was up. You excited about the return of Adam Copeland, also known as Edge? I liked Edge. I don't know what he still has left. I know back in his day, like most of these guys who come back, 
after a long absence in their day, they were great. I mean, we had his last match here in Atlanta, right? His WrestleMania yes. match against Alberto Del Rio. Uh, here I got to get back in shape here. Uh, but it's, you know, uh, I liked Edge, the rated R superstar. I thought it was a great gimmick. He was a lot of fun, even back in the earlier days when he was tagging with Christian in the TLC, uh, TLC matches uh, that, that were uh, will go down in history as some of the greatest matches ever. Now, it was rumored that he was going to take on potentially Brock Lesnar at uh, this year's WrestleMania. That has already been shot down. Uh, so we'll see what they do. He's it, It's weird that his name keeps coming up. It's one of those things, and he keeps shooting it down, uh, but it's also one of those things where, where there's smoke, there's fire, so maybe he's shooting down the things that aren't going to happen, but there is something in the works to happen. I mean, look, you saw how quickly the uh, Edge and Christian podcast or and the show that they had on the uh, WWE Network, how it came to an end so abruptly and it was just kind of out of the blue. So you got to believe that there has to be something there. And the beauty of, I think he's watched someone like Brock Lesnar, where he doesn't go, have to go with the grueling schedule as much as he, he used to. And maybe he can still be like a, a surprise and a treat to have him come out there. Now, the question does become, do we get face edge or do we get the rated R superstar? Because the rated R superstar, I think, is now a father of three and married to Beth Phoenix. Yeah, so. I think when you come back from those things, you got to be a face. You do almost. You don't have to, but I think it, it lends itself. It lends itself to being a face. Uh, also, someone returning. Obviously, you know, I was a fan of hers, but I personally feel like the WWE Women's Division kind of needs to add someone else to it. It's Nia Jax. Where she's been seen at the developmental centers, either A, she's filming a documentary, or B, she's cutting promos and getting ready for her return to, uh, to WWE. Now, there's been two women who have been missing. Nia Jax is the only one I've found reports on, because another one that's been missing has been Naomi. Now, we saw the Usos come back on Friday and help their cousin Roman Reigns, but do, do you agree? Is it time to add some more women to the women's division? Because... What, you, what looked like a women's revolution is now kind of becoming a women's Ferris wheel. It's just going around and around. And well, that's what we talked about in the last segment. We, we don't want to see a bunch of the same uh, matches, a bunch of the same stories back to back to back. And we've seen Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. We've seen Becky Lynch versus um, Sasha, Sasha Becky. And, we, and Becky and all those in, in, in Charlotte and Becky. and Char- I mean, Charlotte and uh, Sasha. So, yes, we need to mix in some more talent. It looks like we've got a new uh, Liv Morgan out there. Yes. Uh, that's gonna. We'll see where that can go. Yes, the return of Nia, the return of Naomi, the return of Tamina would He's all be correct. very good uh, for this women's uh, division. Uh, and I think we need to add some more superstars in there as well. Yeah, and I'm intrigued to see how they're going to do that because, and I think we talked about this before, one of the problems that I think WWE, and I only saw rumors about it, um, is that the, t- the women's tag team titles. Look, I like the team that they have it on, but you don't have enough natural teams out that's there. That's always been the problem with those titles. We've, we've always yes, talked, we've talked about, about that. that. And I think that's what you're running into is you have to have one of the half of that tag team take on one of the champions because – you just don't have enough teams to have it go around enough women there to have it take place. So we'll see how it comes up. That's almost the problem for the women's division as a whole. Correct. When you divide, when you divide the men's roster, there's a ton of men that you can put on SmackDown and put on Raw and have fresh new matches between those guys on separate rosters. There's not that big of a women's roster. So when you have 20 and you put 10 here and 10 there. Uh, you're going to have a lot of repeats. That's why they need to invest more, in my opinion. Maybe that's something I should add to my hopes for 2020 is that they invest more into the women's division and, and flesh out that roster a little bit. Maybe it'd even be some way, just as a you know WWE Uncreative is listening, uh, the May Young Classic. Maybe find a way to mix different people together because you get to see what they have happening. And if in any time Alexa Bliss would like to come on our show in person uh, and talk to us about the women's division, she is more than welcome. You're always welcome, Alexa. It's at your own. It's at your own discretion. Uh, if you get ogled, <laughs> she's gonna get oogled. I, I have nothing to do with that. Another rumor that's been out there. It's come out that Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. We know how big he's been in terms of what he's done in NXT. Well, he has 100% belief that CM Punk. AJ Lee will actually will absolutely make a comeback to the WWE. Now we know CM Punk; he's on the Fox Sports South show that WWE has there, backstage. But, but he's an employee of Fox. 
is not an employee of WWE. Do you agree? Do you think that at some point in time? Baby steps. I mean, if that's the first of the baby Baby steps. (laughs) If that's the first step in mending the fences between these two, uh, we've seen big fences mended before. Ultimate Warrior, San Martino, who you brought up earlier, Hogan, who left and, and went, is it came back and has even burned the fence again and come back. Uh, in some Blaze. in some people's mind, Alondra Blaze. Yes, I mean there's those fences can't be uh, mended, and because Vince does what he feels is best for business at the end of the day, and doesn't hold those personal type grudges at least uh, permanently. So uh, it's a step. Uh, it's all going to be on CM Punk, and. I don't think CM Punk has 100% let that grudge go. If you've been on social media lately, CM Punk tweeted out that picture of, what was it, the 2012 WrestleMania card that it was supposed to be? Uh, And I'm trying to pull it up here. Please forgive me. But he pulled up, he tweeted out what originally was supposed to be a WrestleMania card that had him in a match because that's all he's ever wanted was his Mania moment. So I think if he's coming back, it is strictly to get his Mania moment. That's what he's always said he wanted. AJ Lee, do I think she'll come back? I don't know. She's become an author. She's been writing. Many, she's written many a books. Uh, I've not read any of them. But well, they're they're about to have to come up with thirty uh, women contestants for the Royal Rumble, Women's Royal Rumble. So if she's willing and they're ready, uh, and then by say they, I mean CM Punk and AJ Lee, uh, they're ready to come back. That would be a great opportunity for her to be a surprise entrance in. That would be the prime place. Would you now we in CM Punk too potentially? We always talk about CM Punk, but would you be excited to see the return of AJ Lee? Yeah, I thought she was good in her day. She was very uh, uh, fun to watch. She's uh, good, to, nice to look at. Very pretty. He likes this for all wrong. <laughs> but okay. pretty, uh, no, I think she's good that. in the ring. She's good in the ring too. So I, I understand. I, yeah, I think she would be good, and she would be a, a known name that you could add to that roster that we both just said needed to had names added to it. Yeah, no, I think she's a would be a great addition to it as well. Once again, she might even have a little bit of an axe to grind. I mean, they gave Nikki Bella the Divas Championship, and they let her just beat AJ's record. She didn't really have to defend it. She wasn't even really cutting promos. She was just kind of floating around out there. Uh, AEW, we're not going to leave them out because uh, we they've become a part of the lexicon of it as well. We saw them go over to Tokyo and work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. We saw Moxley where he was in a match with uh, Lance. I'm drawing a blank on his name now. I have to look it up. But we saw John Moxley in a match. We saw uh, Storm. Lance Storm? No, it wasn't Lance Storm. I'll look it up. But we we also saw uh, Chris Jericho in a match. And now AEW has reported that they are going to look to partner with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which ultimately will help bring out their roster a little bit more but it'll give them a place and two avenues to work. You're a big fan of now getting to see some of the uh, New Japan pro wrestlers possibly yeah. come over to I'm, AEW. I'm good for it. I'm, I'm down for it. I, apparently, New Japan uh, does well, uh, but this goes back to the point that we brought up earlier. If they're going to start inter- crossing over and bringing over some of the in New Japan guys over to the AEW side as far as television and shows and pay-per-views, they're going to have to educate us, the American fan base, on who these guys are and why there would be interest in watching uh, Cody Rhodes take on uh, somebody from uh, New Japan or, or um, Kenny Omega doing another match with somebody from uh, New Japan. And that, that core of guys, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Chad Hangman Page, Cody Rhodes, they were all big over there in New Japan before they came over here and started AEW. So I know they have a lot of ties and roots uh, there that could probably be very well uh, beneficial for AEW here in the States. Uh, so I'm all for that. Yeah, we had Wrestle Kingdom. That's what it was. I was drawn, totally drawing a blank on their name. We had Wrestle Kingdom that took place uh, this past weekend, and we said goodbye as Jushin Thunder Liger. He retired. You remember that name from way back in the day. With WCW, yeah. Yes, so he he retired from there. Uh, I agree with you. I don't know a lot of the New Japan pro wrestlers. I loved New Japan. I enjoy watching it whenever I can get a chance to catch it because, you know, obviously if you watch the matches, particularly one that sticks out that I had to find on YouTube, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura taking on AJ Styles. And this was really a, you know, that strong style type match that the first time I saw it, it was very new to me. It was, you know, not so much of a, a, a shining wizard, but more of that Kinshasa where it looks like a short knee to the back of the head. 
it definitely made something for intriguing for me. So it would add another twist to it, but I hope they don't do it where it's uh, too much of a gimmick, where it's not like Lucha Libre style, and at that point in time, it's something that just kind of falls in the wind to it. So they're going to have to do significantly more to add to it. So that's it for going over the top ropes. Now, in terms of the Wednesday night wars that are taking place, we have AEW, we're taking on NXT. Has that lived up to the hype of what you felt like? Has it lived up to the Monday night wars for you? No, nothing's going to live up to the Monday night wars. That's where, I mean, we're just talking about there was was back and forth as far as uh, Scott Hall jumping over Lex Luger, making his debut on the very first Nitro, uh, Rick Rude being on on uh, Nitro and Raw the same night. Uh, as far as those guys, you know, jumping ship, it doesn't look at released what we've seen so far that we're going to get a lot of that. Um, the The ratings are never going to live up to what they were in the day uh, of the of the Monday Night Wars. I, I was listening to, I guess, uh, something to wrestle with uh, with Bruce Pritchard's uh, podcast, and they were talking about a Raw that drew like a 6-3. I mean, these shows are happy if they get a 3, which yeah. is half of that. Uh, and they're not getting threes. <laughs> even yeah, Raw, even Raw's not getting threes, no. let alone NXT or AEW. Uh, so, I mean, it's uh, no, it's not ever going to live up to that hype, I don't believe. Now, if AEW can uh, continue to build, continue to gain popularity and steam, and maybe do they move ever move to a Monday night? Ooh. I mean, this is probably... We're talking. I mean, they they both say that the other is not competition. Correct. Jim Ross constantly says that on his podcast. Uh, WWE has, uh, you know, they congratulated AEW on their first nights of rating success on their first Dynamite uh, via social media. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe years, a couple years down the road, when AEW really has the ball rolling, do they pull that card and go to Monday Night? I think in order for them to do that. We're going to have to see AEW be able to fill arenas the way that, and basing this off of what you saw in Charlotte, hopefully we don't see this here when it comes here in a few weeks, is being able to fill arenas in a way to a point that it can get to that level. And by doing that, it's going to have to do it, number one, and I I know a lot of people won't agree with me on this one, probably you particularly, you're going to need a champion that everyone, and this is not to say we don't love Chris Jericho, a new champion that someone has never seen, that, or even taking John Moxley, and you fall in love with him a little bit more, because I don't think we all love everybody on the roster as, as much as you do some WWE superstars who might not even be of uh, A-plus caliber. But I think that's just because we don't know them as well. And that might be part of it, because I think when you think about it, okay, you look at, Luke Harper, I'm just using him as the example. I know he's no longer in WWE, but it was someone that he was never a main eventer, and you liked him. But he was over with the fans. Correct. When he would come out and do uh, dark matches or even uh, you know, in, in when you were in the arena for matches that he did, the fan base was behind him. I don't think – is everyone behind every superstar like that, a B-level superstar on AEW on that no. roster yet? Not yet. No. And I think maybe that's what it will take. Well, that's why I say that's years down the road if they ever wanted to play that card. But it, you've got to – they've got a long way to go to educate us about their roster and for us to get uh, invo- uh, sentimentally invested in those rosters. Now, maybe it might just be a good idea to just try and dominate Wednesday and own Wednesday. I agree. Why not? Make And make it your own. And yeah, maybe, make it uh, yours. But – but the, so NXT, they've taken steps up because they are competing with the big boys at times. But they are basically, you know, the minor league, right, of WWE. In so many words, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So much. that's what it was. So it if was. you're AEW and you're now competing with NXT, maybe this was part of Vince McMahon's game plan. You know, it looks like you're AEW. Well, then you're not. You're not on the level of WWE. It's minor league baseball you're, playing minor yeah, league baseball. Yeah, you're competing with our minor league system on Wednesday nights. So you're minor league, but you're, you're not at our level. But also at the same time on that, and you're right. But also at the same time, beauty of being on Wednesday night, the two holidays throughout the year that always fall on a Monday. Like we said earlier, you're all, you're going to have that portion of Monday night football. You can have baseball. You have basketball. And if you're staying on TNT. Isn't TNT a big partner in terms with the NBA? So well, you- NBA, so yeah, and I guess they tell me I'm not an NBA guy, so they okay. weren't. They didn't have that partnership in the '90s. No, it wasn't. As, it was more ESPN. 
uh, had more of the NBA partnership back then. Okay. Now it's more of the TNT has has a larger and they and they do great in those ratings. So I oh, doubt yeah. that w, that oh, TNT yeah. would ever want to uh that bump that and move it out. Um, but so yeah, I don't know. Or or well, now they can go to Friday nights uh, and compete with SmackDown on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, because nobody watches Friday night SmackDown on Friday. Not live. <laughs> we watch it on Saturday. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up. We're going to go to the Go Home Show. It's the last segment of the show. We're going to talk with Adam, and we're going to find out a little bit more on how he feels overall going into 2020. You're listening to The Finishing Move. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie on The Finishing Move, live from Cobb County on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM and 106.3 FM. Home Team and Hamilton, weekdays from 9 AM to noon. I don't want to use a good book for, for these kinds of purposes. Rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer. A graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. Oh, Tim, Randy Lee. Let all you know of God's people say. Hey, amen. Amen. I know that's right. I'm going to laugh at you in a very, very good way. <laughs> you, you knew immediately where that scripture was. <laughs> this is the Sports X. This is Atlanta Sports X. Live from Cobb County and covering everything that you love about Atlanta. We start the day with home team in Hamilton at 9 a.m. as they bounce around the ATL with all the big local stories. Then at noon, it's the cheap seats with Tug Coward and Hudson Mason. And trust us, it takes an Atlanta radio veteran like Tug to keep that bulldog on the rails. And then at 3, it's the man, Mark Zinno, on A to Z. Zinno is closing out the afternoon with his take on the day's stories and opinions about sports that you probably won't agree with. Add in Chuck and Chernoff on Bugged Hour from 6 to 7 p.m. The Mounds of the South and the Finishing Move on Thursdays. And you've got a lineup unlike any other. This is Atlanta's Sports X. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe on the X. You know, we've really got to change that opening. We've seen Brandon Joseph on this show less than we've seen you. Who's that? Exactly. Welcome back to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County. Fit John Radcliffe along, along with my tag team partner, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie. That's right. He's, he's here. He's back. It's I'm been, back. It's been a while that we've seen him. Uh, but wanted to talk about this as we get ready to send you home for the Go Home Show. It's WrestleMania season. And we're on the road to the Royal Rumble. Now, we know at WrestleMania, there has a tendency to be some major surprises, major shockers. Do you expect us to get any surprises this WrestleMania season again? You know, I, one of the things I've always loved about the WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, Royal Rumble, where when, you know, legends would come out or surprise entrants would come out. But I don't know if we're going to get that this year because of the fact that NXT is going to be involved in the match, the Royal Rumble match itself. So does that take up the spots that would have been allocated to those type of surprises slash uh, legends? The I, veterans I, I coming think back. So. I think legends. it does. I agree. I mean, we know that there are some. I mean, for years years past, we've gotten the likes of Kevin Nash we've, or as Diesel. We've gotten the likes of Booker T. So we've seen a, ri- a wide array of different ones. I think if anything, they would. Or even like guys who were on the road. AJ made his debut, his debut in WWE there, right. at, or his you know big debut. Uh, at Royal Rumble. I think the only thing that we can look forward to is, and maybe if WWE, maybe this is me wishful thinking on it, if WWE would portray it in a way where something like, I can't think of the last time we saw it, Finn Balor squaring off against Seth Rollins. And if the narrative is, yeah, he cost him his first universal, the first universal champion, now he finally gets a chance to get his hands on Seth Rollins. If it's something that could be there, it depends on how you put the angles and the stories to work with it, I think, is the best that we can hope for. Because That's kind of what you're, you're supposedly getting with Brock. He says, I'm number one. So Paul Heyman's saying, build your own story. If you want to see Brock versus Roman Reigns, you might get that because Brock's going to Brock's gonna be there at number one. Uh, will he be able to last till Roman Reigns gets in there, a potential whatever number? Or do you want to see Brock get revenge against Seth Rollins? Do you want to see Brock versus Braun Strowman? Whoever it is, whatever your fantasy matchup, that's what they're kind of selling you on Brock being in at number one right now. What happens if Brock wins, though? 
Where, where do you go? Yeah, I, I've thought about that myself, and I don't. I don't, I don't know. have an answer. If I, I mean, does he then take on the Fiend at WrestleMania? Does he try to? And you listed as he's unifying the title. <laughs> no, I, I know they're not going to do that. Now, what because belt does he need... get? Does he get the Fiend's belt, or does he get the SmackDown belt? <laughs> I guess he gets to choose, and then he'll give the other one. Will maybe go off to the other show in a tournament, but uh, I, I don't know. And but to me, that signals that they're not going to let him win it. I think he's going to last. A very long time. Oh, I agree. And potentially go, uh, you know, all the way till number thirty is at least uh, brought out. But uh, I don't think he's going to win because of that right there, the the quandary that they backed themselves into. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. I hope it's interesting. I hope we enjoy it. I hope it's not another six months before we have you back on the show. I'll be here, I think, next Thursday. We're going to have to work that out. Well, we missed you, man. You guys have been listening to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County. Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie. For our third member of our team, Chris Colwell, you've been listening to The Finishing Move on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM and 106.3 FM.